Now let's get started with the show. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. okay. I, I wanted to, I wish we had a sound effect for like what it sounds like an audience of children. Oh yeah. Like, Yay. Yay. Uh, we don't have that yet, but we'll work on it. Um, all right. First, we find out that Spider-Man uses Bing. Now we learn that he's a PlayStation fanboy. Pick a side, Spider-Man, Microsoft, or Sony. Plus, there's an xCloud on the horizon in this console war-ravaged bowl of dude soup. Nice. That was really good, James. (laughs) Thanks. I try. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dude Soup number 583, maybe. I'm making it up, but could I be. believed you. I believed you could for be. a second. You you had just, a, just enough thought in there that I was like, he's uh-huh. either making it up or he's trying to get this right. Prove me wrong. Yeah, That's all I I'm was saying. trying it's to add up how many years that was. <laughs> Surprise, a long time. Because when you hear the actual number, you're still like, oh my God, that's a really long time. Yeah. Um, I really want to uh, take a minute just to thank everyone who's joining us in the Rooster Teeth, uh, Rooster Teeth live chat. Um, Sushi Gore being one of them. I just noticed <laughs> that we were about to start and they're like, this is my first live dude soup. I was like, you're getting a shout out. Hell yeah. Um, but no, thanks to everyone else who's joining us. Thank you. Thank you to our first members who are providing us with the help that we need to keep this train a rolling and uh and we really appreciate all you guys thank you for watching i also want to thank my guests this week john smith and tim gettys hello howdy partner thank you for having uh, me I, this is my first yeah, dude course. soup appearance i've been on other funhouse think- things before but mm-hmm. i think this is my first proper dude soup i'm in the I was soup thinking about that with yeah some cool you're dude. in the soup now it doesn't it soaks into you mm-hmm. you're basically going to be a piece of uh garlic bread and we are going to be the marinara that absorbs into your pores. Do you think that you could make a grilled cheese sandwich with marinara? I could make a grilled cheese sandwich with anything. And you have and proven that. You Every, ladies and gentlemen uh, out there, every once in a while, James will just DM me pictures of random grilled cheese sandwiches he's made. And the thing that I appreciate cheese. about him is that he does not limit a grilled cheese sandwich to just be grilled bread and cheese. Oh, no, 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 no. He thinks bigger. Yeah. Anything and everything yeah. can be on a grilled cheese sandwich. You just got to believe. The, hey, James, a lot ever heard of yeah, a yeah. panini? You're it's making not, paninis. Not, You're not no, making grilled different. cheese. Grilled cheese no. is bread and cheese. And anything else you want. That's the beauty of <laughs> How it. dare the you? The beauty of it. I've all, I'm, I'm I describe myself theorist. as an artist. As an artist, okay? And... What I did was, once I mastered the standard grilled cheese, I started to deconstruct the process and then build it into something new. Mm. Picasso knows where the eyes belong. He just chooses to put them someplace else. Oh, good point. And if that doesn't win you over, I don't know what will. That's me with grilled (laughs) cheese. That's our topic today. We're talking grilled cheese, me sending (laughs) Tim pictures of the food that I make, which happens more often than you think. (laughs) No, but we're really happy to have you on, Dude Soup. Uh, Finally, obviously, you've been in other Funhouse stuff. Didn't realize until about five minutes before we were about to start, you're like, oh, maybe this is the first Dude Soup. It's Dude Soup, yeah, let's do it. Well, uh, we have some fun stuff that we want to talk about. Um, We're going to get into the whole console war world of all of this. Um, So I hope you guys are prepared. Oh, um, I've been I talking about this that... stuff a lot this okay, week. I, I'm very, very, very well versed on both okay, sides of this war. I feel like I feel like we're going to get some tweets afterwards, regardless of the fact that I don't think any of us have a dog in the fight. Um, are you, would you, Tim, are you a console? Are you? I mean, I'm a Nintendo boy, boy. Nintendo boy through okay. and through. Um, okay, gotcha. But yeah, exactly. Come on. But at the end of the day, it's like I like video games. I guess if yeah, I yeah. if I had to say. Uh, If I had to choose between PlayStation and Microsoft, I'd go PlayStation, but that's mainly based on game taste more than anything else. Mm -hmm. I have all three. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like choose sides in that way. It doesn't make sense to do that. I understand financially uh, if you have to have an allegiance. It is fun to be a fan of things. So that's the other thing is like I understand the kind of idea behind being a fanboy. And I don't think that being a fanboy necessarily needs to be toxic. It's just Mm -hmm. once it crosses that threshold where you're just like you're you're coming up with some some insults for no reason. You're you're mm-hmm. you're losing reality on this and you're fighting just to yeah. fight. That's when it all gets yep. nah. 
I, agree. I mean, I don't know. That toxicity really brings a passion to uh, <laughs> the... Yeah. Didn't, didn't expect to get an argument. Devil's advocate, though, <laughs> toxicity. Sometimes it works. It's funny because I bet if you had a conversation with any like executive from either side, they don't care. Like, you know, they, they're getting lunch together and they're having a great time and oh, they're yeah. all just sitting on their money, massive piles of money. The, and I feel like the only time I can really think about in modern console gaming where that that flame was fanned like proactively was the one how you how you play games or whatever when they were like here's a game and they just like hand it here's how you share games with your friends or whatever and stuff well that's that's the thing man like that's at this point that's a bit of a history lesson like that was a Mm -hmm. whole console generation ago back in 2013 Mm -hmm. uh when we were first getting the ps4 reveal and the xbox one totally you know botched its its rollout plan for uh talking about like leading up to it it didn't feel like a game machine it felt like an entertainment machine and mm-hmm. at E3, when Sony made that video, like they shot that video at E3, like after mm-hmm. Microsoft's press conference happened, like that was a, mm-hmm. a pure reaction of we're going to throw some salt on this wound. And it definitely mm-hmm. kind of like ignited people. But we have seen bits of that over the last couple of years, this generation. Um, and ironically, it was Xbox a lot that was kind of the one uh, poking at at Sony because Sony clearly have, quote unquote, won this generation. Right. And Xbox has been building this foundation going into the Series X of wanting to be a platform and wanting to not necessarily believe in console generations, but they're more believing in the ecosystem, the Xbox game Mm -hmm. ecosystem. And we've seen a lot, especially like looking back at 2018 when the whole crossplay situation was popping off, where it's funny to look at now, Call of Duty's crossplay. Once Call of Duty's Mm -hmm. crossplay, it's expected everywhere. Like that that is now an industry Mm -hmm. standard. But yeah, as yeah. little as two years ago, Fortnite wanted to be play anywhere. And Sony was the only one saying no. And Microsoft yeah. was like, we're saying yeah. And it's like yeah, they, yeah. they went hard on that. And now we see this thing that we'll talk about later about uh, Sony coming out. PlayStation controllers, you need to buy a new one. You can't use your DualShock 4 on the PS5. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, Microsoft tweets out, hey, just to reiterate, anything works on the Xbox Series X. And it's like, yeah, I love those type of, of ribbings. Like that's that that spirit's still alive, but that's different than, than you know, some of the, the nastiness we see oh, in the comments. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. And I think it kind of says a lot about where the companies are trying to go. Uh, we'll probably get more into the weeds on this a little bit later on. But like, you know, the first thing I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about was Project xCloud, which is, you know, you were talking about how I mean, only a few short years ago, Microsoft's big misstep was thinking that they could rule your living room with a box. And it seems like xCloud is now a, oh, well, maybe we don't want to rule the living room. Maybe we want to be a subscription service. We just want to be one of the many things that you forget your credit card is being billed to yeah. every single month. <laughs> you know, like... Totally. Maybe, maybe that's where we fit in better. And I don't think that's a bad idea. And um, for me personally, I do think that some, in some ways that actually makes more sense for me uh, like I, as an adult gamer. Totally. I, you know, I would take that actually a step further that I, I don't think it's just them trying to create something that is a set it and forget it subscription model. That is definitely part of the goal. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know how the subscription models work like that does get a a lot of sustainable, replicable revenue. Like, that's what they're looking Mm -hmm. for. Um, But I also think it's them kind of looking at their stable of first-party development teams uh, that has expanded by, what, double over the last couple of years? Um, And they're looking at what that output can be, and they're understanding that they're not going to compete on the levels of a Naughty Dog, now Insomniac, you know, going down this list of what PlayStation first-party titles are, these giant triple a quadruple a titles um they just can't compete on the level of quality at the quantity and rate that we see on the playstation Mm -hmm. side and that's not to say they're not going to have these tentpole um things we know that they created the new team the coalition we don't know what they're working on yet but they've just they've called it quadruple a and Mm -hmm. that puts an image in your mind like at this point when you look at video games how many games have ever even hit the quadruple a level because i would argue it's pretty much last of us too 
right? Like that's well, and Sonic Three and Knuckles, and exactly, yeah. exactly. That is a that is a solid point. I didn't I didn't think that one. <laughs> but those through. are the only but, two that, like, off the top of my head, those are the only two I could. But even then, they had to break that into two games. They couldn't do it in one. Fair. Couldn't do Fair. it in one. Right. Uh, no, right. but like I think that it every single move that Microsoft's made in the last two years is building towards this ecosystem, and I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this year. By, I mean, obviously, by the time the console launches, but I mean, even by the end of this month, probably when we're on the other side of August, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if all of the different services they have Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, Xbox Live, X Cloud, all the stuff boils down to just Xbox Game Pass. It's one thing mm-hmm. you get. I don't yeah. care if you're on PC. I don't care if you're on Xbox. I don't care if you're on X Cloud. I don't care if you are trying to play online. It's all just part of one package. Xbox yeah. Live's free. The Halo Infinite news definitely teases that. And it's them kind of looking at their library and being like, we got a lot of great games. It's not like we're trying to get you to forget about your subscription. We're going to give you a lot of games as a platform and and smaller titles, episodic titles like uh, Tell Me Why that are coming out. Mm-hmm. This might be the first time we actually see episodic games truly work because they're going to be held to a schedule they're going yeah, to be yeah. a focused piece of content that is trying to get people to keep their subscriptions and be happy with their subscriptions. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. John, you haven't gotten to say same. I'm curious, curious where you're landing on. All I'm that. just saying how uh, how well educated on the issues Tim is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Because, Sorry if I'm going guess. overboard here. No, 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 no. It's, I'm like, it's, hmm, it's, yes, <laughs> yes. I um, agree. Well, what I think is, like, I do think, you know, with the larger library, xCloud could be more viable for people. But I think it's the same issue where there's a lot of places, uh, both around the world and in the United States, where people have terrible, terrible internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Project xCloud won't be viable for them. Like, is it going to work over 3G or 4G or whatever? yeah. cellular service we have yeah i mean I, I get that i think that in some ways it takes these pieces of technology to push that forward it sucks because it should be just human need like it should just mm-hmm. be the need of society and the the desire to improve infrastructure because then that enables things to be better but sometimes it feels like it works in reverse and you you so it's if it's the kind of thing where where internet is good, everyone has an xCloud subscription, and then that just becomes becomes like synonymous with gaming or the same the same kind of thing. Everyone has a Netflix Netflix subscription, and everyone has you know an iPhone or whatever like that, right? Like then the world has to then catch up in some ways. I know it's a weird limiting factor, but I do think that at least in America we do have an infrastructure issue where it isn't mm-hmm. until the last minute where something has to give that someone goes fine, we'll. Yeah. improve the connection in this area to more than dial up totally and that's, well, that's i mean go for it john oh uh, i was just gonna say like once internet gets to a point where it's fast enough that it can transfer anything it eliminates the need for any of us to have anything that has any power all we'll actually need is displays that are connected to the internet um mm-hmm. you know we'll eventually get there uh and i think that's where you know, xCloud and all these other online services uh, will work when that time comes. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're just not there yet. So they're, they're, yeah, I mean, maybe it will push the ISPs forward, but well, let me, know, let me they ask, survive that long? Let me ask, because we're kind of dealing with this as the next phase of technology for, let's just say, you know, gaming in general, right? Like, so I, I get what you're saying and I completely agree. But in terms of how niche being able to access a reliable internet connection and paying $14 a month is versus buying a whole new computer box that can go on your yeah. stand that you will, you know, pay $60 or more per game when you want to play it kind of thing is like, I feel like it is kind of a similar demographic. I, I, I imagine somewhere out there is a person in the middle of, let's say, um, Idaho. <laughs> With with like barely any internet, who has a untethered PlayStation Three that they just like you know are just like playing their games on or whatever. But I do feel like that you know, in general, yes, this X Cloud is going to be for sure an outlier 
outlier, but I think that maybe in the gaming world, it is not too far off from just having an app store on your phone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I, I think that so much of this is the promise of potential. And I think that xCloud is mm-hmm. going to be the first one to actually make it work in a mainstream fashion. And that's because that's not the only thing that they're offering. We look at Google Stadia, and for all intents and purposes, that is a massive failure. But the one mm-hmm. way it's not a failure is that it does work if mm-hmm. you have good internet mm-hmm. and if you want to play one of the very limited games that they have to offer. And if you have iOS or um Google, Android, uh, mm-hmm. OS to be able to, to play it all. And if blah, 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 the ifs keep going, right? But then you look yeah, at yeah. the xCloud side of it and it's like, this is just a feature of what Game Pass is now. It seems like xCloud is mm-hmm. not going to be something that you're getting separately. It's just, oh, and if you want it, it's there. So I think that that's mm-hmm. a great way to look at it where it's like kind of impossible for this to fail because it's just an added incentive that honestly is yeah. not even at an added price. It's just being built mm-hmm. into this thing. They're looking at this as putting it, slipping it in there allows them to be like, and you don't even need to buy the box. Obviously, if mm-hmm. you want the best experience, you you need to. But there are yeah, yeah. so many people on the, the the coasts of America and other places around the world that do have great internet uh, that, mm-hmm. that can uh, access these things and play with these things. And even for all the places in between, the fact of the matter is, you're right, James, the internet's not there yet. This will push it forward. There is all that conversation. But there are stats showing on all of these investor calls year after year that the digital to physical part of the pie chart of game sales Mm -hmm. is more and more and more uh, turning into digital. (laughs) And 2K coming out recently and just straight up being like, yo, it is getting like overwhelmingly ridiculous how much is digital and how much is online. That Mm -hmm. shows that people that are playing games, they're downloading Call of Duty Warzone. No matter how big it is, they're downloading it and they're playing it. And Activision has showed that, told us that. So it's like the facts are here that whether or not the Internet's good enough, people are still playing and using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, for me, that's kind of what I want. I, I, I have both consoles, but I feel like I lean more towards uh Xbox in a lot of cases because of what you're saying is the is the feature set and the ability to if I'm at my desk I can play games but if I'm on my couch I can play games you know like mm-hmm. there's there's so many really great uh PlayStation exclusive games that I know that I've missed out on because I don't always have time to be like all right sitting down on the couch that I'm going to be playing for the next 90 minutes sorry Elise you have to either watch me do this or do something else you know um so being able to have it kind of wherever I want it. And the idea of having something on my phone is crazy. It, it used to do get salivate because, you know, I, I traveled a lot for, for work and stuff. And so it's Remember like those oh days, God, every, every single day, t- <laughs> every single time it used to be like, Oh my gosh, like you're picturing, picturing yourself on a plane flying to, you know, Austin, Texas in my case. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like wh- that wouldn't work for X cloud. But Something to that effect. How can this make my life even better in other I mean, the these switch, smaller situations? Right? The switch. I mean, the switch. Yeah, it did that. Completely cured flights. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that doesn't happen so much anymore. Um, and I don't know when it'll ever happen again in those types of things. But I like thinking about those types of situations. I mean, things that. Well, I, I mean, you're, you're when, so right. You know, when I, yeah. You go for it. I was just going to say, when I go to RTX, when I went to RTX, I took my PSP and I watched Transporter 2 on it. So Hell yeah, on UMD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta exactly. Love gotta love that. I was going to say, uh, looking at next generation, I know there's been a lot of conversations uh, over the last couple months as we see PS5 kind of do its reveal events and Xbox do its reveal events and the pros and cons on both sides of all that. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that there is a, a narrative on online of people that are upset being like, this is next gen what and Mm -hmm. like that's happened every generation like if you look back Mm -hmm. people are always like well the the late gen games look better than the next gen games why would i buy this console and it's like open your eyes guys you 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 know like look Mm -hmm. do a little bit of research and look at like where we started at the beginning of ps4 and where we ended ps4 even xbox Mm -hmm. one same thing right but what is next gen truly about? I feel every single generation has like a key defining feature, uh, whether it was like the original, uh, like N64, right? And it's like four player multiplayer, like having the ability to just have four players out of the box. That was what it was all about. When we moved mm-hmm. on to the Xbox generation, it was very clearly about let's get online. 
you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then moving into the HD era, whatever, like with uh, the PS3 mm-hmm. and 360. What is next gen now about convenience? Like that's the thing that I think that that Xbox is really kind of focusing on and doubling down on of simplify it all. And mm-hmm. if if a gamer's like, this should work this way, make it work that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like PlayStation is is very stubbornly uh, sticking their heels and being like, no, 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 things worked this way. They've always worked this way. We're going to keep doing this. And in, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, that makes sense. That there's a comfort to the the familiarity of all of that. But mm-hmm. I really got to give it up to Xbox so far. And, you know, a lot of people can say they're making all these concessions because they don't have the games. And mm-hmm. so far, that is true. You know, what mm-hmm. we'll see Halo Infinite coming out on Game Pass is going to be huge. When Game Pass was yeah. first announced, it was such a weird thing because you're like, there's no way they're going to actually stand by this. Every first party titles coming with this subscription. I understand mm-hmm. it for like smaller little indie titles or old games, but no way is the new Halo going to come out. And then mm-hmm. we got Gears 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For free, essentially. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. going to get Halo Infinite for yeah. free, essentially. It's like that to me is like, damn, they're putting their money where yeah. their mouth is. Yeah. It, it does seem like they have actively decided like they have gotten into a room and they said, we cannot compete with these PlayStation titles. We mm-hmm. can't. But that's OK, totally. because if we can make games that are 60 or 70 percent as high caliber as those as those PlayStation titles are. We can offset that by having people subscribe to this service and we can give them like give them out. I always think of Sea of Thieves, which is a game that I can't imagine would have succeeded anywhere else other than Games Pass. And I Mm. please tell me if you think I'm wrong. But like when it came out, it was a super fun concept, very cool and interesting, but it was utterly bare bones, no pun intended. And uh, it, it like it didn't really like I, when I played it, I was like, OK, I kind of figured every I got everything. But apparently it's still thriving and doing amazing stuff now. And I think that's because people were like, oh, I, it's already there. I'm already 15 paying 15 dollars a month. Million players. Right. On and CFPs. so it's already there. And it just keeps going. Really? Tick, tick, tick. 15 and then, million. And right it, now it, or total? T- total over time. Oh, OK. Yeah. But I mean, but it. it Still, that's still a huge that yeah i mean obviously not everyone heard, yeah not yeah. everyone paid 60 dollars. and also it, it's a game now it, it, it's been a game for a while well but so check like this out. when it first started it was a like the equivalent of like a steam early access demo in a lot of cases totally and you're you're so right this is what we can expect from game pass and that's going to bum a lot of people out people that expect them to be competing with PlayStation. They're just simply not Mm -hmm. doing that anymore. That's not their MO, and that's fine. And the sooner that we all kind of understand that and can start moving forward of what the new Microsoft and new Xbox is, I think it's a very Mm -hmm. exciting time for all of us as gamers to get different experiences that are going to be great quality, that don't need to be one-for-one compared to each other. They're going to be different, and they're going to be, hopefully, Mm -hmm. as awesome as what we've seen Sea of Thieves turn into from what mm-hmm. felt like a Steam early access title to something that everyone play in, playing it now currently loves. And 15 million people have played over this time. And the more impressive stat of that is once they launched it on Steam a couple months ago, a million sold on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Game Pass is working as marketing to then sell yeah. this game that is getting better over time. And if we apply that to what Halo Infinite potentially could be, or to what Gears potentially could be, or Forza, like all of our favorite big Xbox titles, that's what's really, really exciting to me. It it feels like Games Pass in some way could be the, like again, I kind of mentioned it, but the equivalent to that Steam Early Access tab, which I spend a lot of time on because we're always looking for garbage to play, like things that fit, and that's the best way to find it. Um, but I'm also amazed by the fact that you can see some of these early access games that are also in the best selling list. And you're like, this is not it's not a complete game. Yeah. It's made by like four people like and and it's not a complete game. But the concept is there. There's something about it. And it's making money. It may just be like there's there like eight dollars question mark. That's how much it costs. Eight dollars. <laughs> um, but it's kind of working on Steam. And I wonder if Microsoft and the Xbox team like looked at that and said, we can do that but we can make sure there's a filter there's like an entryway gate so you're not just going to get something that's you know russian porn in video game form like you, you won't end up with something like that for three dollars but you might end up with something like a sea of thieves 
even it didn't hook me, but even like a bleeding edge, like if someone told me in a year, it's like bleeding edge. It's yeah, it's one of the most popular, popular multiplayer games right now. People are playing it like crazy. I'd be like, I guess so. Sure. I guess so. Like, you know, (laughs) I, I have no idea, but I do think that's the difference though, between steam and, and, uh, Xbox game pass currently is that, well, not only is game pass a subscription service that you just get all of them where steam, Mm -hmm. you have to buy all a cart. Uh, Steam, of course, has its development teams, but like we know where that is, like nowhere, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you yeah. look at Xbox; they have their thirteen teams, and they're they're right now firing on all cylinders. And I think the Bleeding Edge is gonna uh, end up. I don't even want to say unfortunately; it's going to end up being kind of one of the casualties of mm-hmm. um, Team Ninja being bought by Microsoft. Yeah, because I think that Bleeding Edge kind of got caught in this weird place where I got to imagine that was gonna be a multi-platform game. And mm-hmm. it was kind of just last minute, like, cool, we bought you guys. Let's just get this out to have something on there before you move on to Hellblade 2. Mm-hmm. Something of, like, yeah. real consequence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I, I want to talk. We have some other things that we want to talk about, but I feel like we could talk about this for a lot longer. Um, one other thing that's worth mentioning about xCloud is how they're like whatever it's like it's it's game on man do whatever you want and one of the things they said was you can even use a DualShock 4 controller to play X Cloud games which is like <laughs> really really funny which then segues into our next story which we're going to get into right after a word from our sponsor as we all settle into the new normal version of summer the quiet inside version of summer bespoke post is here with customized box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life i have talked a lot you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about it but my box of awesome was a extremely sharp culinary knife um it looks more like a machete than it does a knife but it's probably way sharper than a machete is. I didn't realize how sharp knives could be until I got this knife and it has changed my cooking. I actually really enjoy cooking and using this has made things so much easier. And it was cool because it was kind of like a fun surprise that arrived in the mail. Um, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month, no matter what you're into. You may not be into cooking, but that's okay. Maybe you like camping. I guarantee you there's something for you. Box of Awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. I was just checking out the website and they have some other new items up on uh, Box of Awesome. And the one that caught my eye was a skillet that uh, comes with a bunch of pancake mix. Um, And I like it because I like the idea of making some really delicious skillet pancakes. But I also like it because I get to keep the skillet even when I've used all the delicious pancake mix. I can make cookies in that. You ever had skillet cookies? I can do that. And that's awesome. And it came in a box. Uh, So... If you're not as certain of what you want in a Box of Awesome as I am, you can get started and you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks but it actually has $70 worth of stuff inside. So you're definitely gonna be getting your money's worth with this. You wanna get even more of your money's worth, you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code D-U-D-E for 20% off your first box. It's gonna be awesome. So yeah, while with xCloud you can use a PlayStation 4 controller, Sony recently announced that you might not be able to use that PlayStation 4 controller on the PS5 if you're playing anything other than a PS4 game. Not might not, that you will not. You will not. I was being I was being uh, polite, I guess. Um, yeah. but you will not. Um, because I guess the PS the what is it the DualSense, the PS5 DualSense controller mm-hmm. has all kinds of new features, tactile. It, you, you guess you can taste it. You, it's gonna shine, <laughs> yeah, shine it laser beams in your sense in your face. <laughs> yeah, blinds you. and all the new games are gonna integrate it so so effectively that you're just going to absolutely need it for those PlayStation Five games. No, I, I just it's interesting. 
because it was like these news stories kind of came out around the same time. And one was like, hey, you can use Dual DualShock 4 with uh, for X Xbox games if you want to. And then Sony's like, you can't use it for our games or not all of them. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's a weird situation, but I think I think it kind of ties back into it. It feels like the the theme if we had to theme this podcast, it would be Xbox wants to be a presence in your life just kind of casually if you choose it to be or more intended if not or if you'd rather it be more intended whereas sony wants you to buy a box because you want to play these specific games yep and it's weird to say niche because it's the gaming industry and it's apps it's anything but but they seem like they want to just like carve out that audience of people that want these that watch every single E3 live stream and criticize whether or not it was a good press conference or a bad press conference and like really can't wait for the or die hard for the next game and get collector's editions and all kinds of stuff like that. It feels like that's the audience that they want for this next generation. It's funny you say that because I actually feel like PlayStation this generation with PS4 has transcended way beyond that to its games being so mainstream that mm. it they're, they're similar to MCU movies, where it's like, it's true. Uh, if you have ever been a movie watcher, you have, you've mm-hmm. seen the MCU movies. If you've ever been a gamer, you are kind of expected to have played some mm-hmm. of the major PlayStation 4 titles this year, or the, this generation. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for everybody, but it's like, I'm looking at my friend group that is outside of this world that we're all in. And these are guys I grew up playing games with, but they all fell off. And it's like, they may or may not even know a PS five's coming out, but they played mm-hmm. last of us too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I think that there's like this, like mainstream ability of PS four titles because PlayStation studios has done such a good job of pumping out nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, you know, just like back to back to back over five mm-hmm. years now that there's mm-hmm. an expectation there. What's interesting about the Xbox side of things is you talking about they just kind of want to be there and be just pervasive in your life and just anybody can be in the gaming. I think that that's not going to be for a couple of years because I think that mm-hmm. the same friends I just talked about, if I were to try to explain xCloud to them, it would confuse them to the point that they're just like, I'm out. Even mm-hmm. though it's essentially telling them for $15 a month, you can play without even having a box. But mm-hmm. like. Microsoft really needs to define themselves even further away from PlayStation uh, so that one day when I tell my friends, oh, Halo's out, they're not like, oh, I don't want to buy an Xbox, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah. Till the point that like the marketing's so good that they're like, oh, cool, I can just play Halo. That's when mm-hmm. things will have really shifted. You see PlayStation yeah, yeah. here with this controller decision. And honestly, it's not the end of the world. You know, I feel like this is one of those things where uh, people seem more up in arms about than than they actually are, myself included. I, I on kind of funny games daily was talking a lot about this, and a lot of the comments are like, Tim needs to calm down about this. I <laughs> I am gonna buy a PlayStation 5. I have a bunch mm-hmm. of DualShock 4s. I'm gonna get a, a dual shot a dual sense with the PS5 because it comes with it. If my friends mm-hmm. are gonna play, I'm gonna buy another one because that's the type of gamer I am. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is it's bullshit that if I had a little brother that wanted to pop in and play a co-op game, Lego Marvel superheroes or whatever with me mm-hmm. that a dual shock four won't work for him because mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's going to spray um, him in the face. Like John said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agree uh, because you know, other people are doing it. They should follow suit and do it. But has this ever been a thing before? I like, I don't think so. Of previous mm-hmm. Generation console controllers ever worked on future generations? With the exception um, of Nintendo with GameCube and Wii. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I do agree with you, Tim, that uh, PlayStation, these major PlayStation titles, have definitely become that mainstream thing. Um, but what I what I think about, and this is something uh, I talked about a couple weeks ago, is that it was the same, kind of the same thing with PS2. The PS2 blew every other console out of the water and it gave Sony kind of a big ego. So when the PS3 came along, they made it this super robust thing, but it was uh, super hard to program for, for developers. But they just said, everyone's going to want to develop for us because we're PlayStation. We had, you know, we made the PlayStation 2 uh, and it released at $600. So what happened was they, they also, they had a, 
you know, maybe it's not the same thing. It's not as intense, but they had this exclusivity kind of mentality of everyone's going to want it no matter what. And then neither gamers nor developers, uh, you know, mm-hmm. went for it. And then it, it wasn't until near the end of that generation that they actually came back and um, kind of, you know, a redemption story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen with the PS5, but it does kind of seem like deja vu where they're, yeah, doing these more exclusive things and not really opening up and trying to be this, uh, in, you know, in, as inclusive as Xbox is being. I think mm-hmm. the difference there, though, is looking back at the PS2, like you're right, PS2 just straight up dominated. Um, there was no one to, they could even get close. But the other guys didn't lose. Like Xbox mm-hmm. kind of had that setup and had Halo and it, you know, essentially defined console online gaming. Dreamcast had done it before a couple of things, but Xbox Thank Live. Yeah. Xbox mm-hmm. Live as a service. They did that, right? So it's hard to say that they lost to Sony that generation. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. next gen, it's clear the 361. But by the end of it, PS3 sold more. By the end of it, yeah. you know, they were having all these amazing exclusives. But the difference mm-hmm. now compared to the transition between the PS3 and PS4, so PS4 and PS5, is the PS4 didn't have anything really worth its salt for the first year and a half. Like, mm-hmm. it it wasn't really until Bloodborne that it was like, oh, PlayStation, they, they're, they're back on track like they were at the end of PS3. Whereas this time, we're coming straight off of God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon, Last of Us, like mm-hmm. Days Gone, whatever, going in. And then PS5 is about to start and it's about to be Miles Morales, Horizon 2. Like mm-hmm. It's just like choo-choo, baby. The hype train is, is moving mm-hmm. on. And I think that that yeah. kind of is the difference where it. I don't think this stuff's this negative stuff's going to affect PlayStation at all. Yeah. 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 And even if it does a year later. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be back, baby. Hell yeah. (laughs) I think, I mean, I think there's also something just in general to be said with this, the way and the size of the gaming industry. Um, There's plenty of room for, you know, like we, we talk about how Xbox or Sony or any of them lost or won different phases, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still around. Losing is the Dreamcast. Okay. Sega lost. (laughs) Straight up. Is is basically, you know, there's a couple there's a couple companies out there who have lost, but you have to lose so dramatically hard to be pushed out um, of this thing. And I, I don't I think with the size and scope of the game industry now, it's it's kind of impossible to lose. So it's more about choosing how you want to monetize that audience yeah. in a lot of cases. And I think I think it's I appreciate the fact that they don't seem like they are the same thing. It does look like they're trying to be polar opposites. Um, And so, you know, I think it does come with some cost. I was going to mention you mentioned uh, Miles Morales, but there's a different Spider-Man that uh, Sony is laying claim to as well. The segues, (laughs) which is uh, the Avengers game, the Crystal Dynamics Avengers game that's coming out was recently announced that Spider-Man is going to be an exclusive character to PlayStation, to Sony, I guess, yeah, for that one, which is like, that's kind of big. I mean, we've seen versions of console exclusives in the past, and it generally, it used to be like windowed DLC or or something like that, or a in, gun, uh, Soul Calibur yeah, two, a gun. In in oh yeah, you get you get what was it? Link the, Heihachi, Heihachi or Spawn, which is the arguably the worst one. No offense, of course, but, but Heihachi <laughs> was garbage. Um, he's already in a 3D fighting game. We don't need him in this game, too. I want to play as Spawn or Link. Anyway, but you have stuff like Destiny. Destiny had exclusive stuff with, like, specific rate or, what was it, a Crucible map and uh, a specific strike that they had. But since those games are maintained on, like, a global system, they those things weren't integrated as well. Um, and so ultimately, even though you technically had more, it didn't feel like it mattered as much. It's like, why would you ever do this strike? Because it doesn't really fit into the ecosystem of the game. I don't, I don't know what this means for the Avengers one. I know that that game has a lot more complex systems under the surface than just, it's not, it's not an uncharted. It's not a last of us. It's a, it's a game with a lot more things going on underneath the hood. Um, but it is interesting because Spider-Man is pretty big. Pretty big character. The biggest. And, and, and a pretty look, big part of the Avengers, too. 
I mean, when it comes to what this game is, it's mm-hmm. clearly a games as a service. It is a Destiny-like experience, and it is not a Tomb Raider, despite being made by Crystal Dynamics, the people that have mm-hmm. made modern Tomb Raider. Um, there are parts that we've already seen from the different showcases of it that parts of this game of, and parts of the campaign are going to be reminiscent of that. But at the end of mm-hmm. the day, this is about grinding. This is about playing with your friends. It's about getting loot. And it's about having a very vibrant community and a strong install base, install base of players. I can't believe that this game is launching without crossplay in 2020. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier when it comes to Call of Duty and Fortnite and all those things that have changed the game in the last couple of years. And an argument can be made of, well, they started developing this before that. So maybe it's just not here yet, but maybe one day it will be. And they are doing cross gen. So at least PS4 mm-hmm. to PS5 and Xbox just across the one up. Uh, and that's all great. But having a character in a hero based Games as a service like this, where mm-hmm. at launch there was only, I think, six heroes. We know there's four DLC ones that are coming, all free. All DLC for this game is going to be free from here till forever. Why? Mm-hmm. Not because <laughs> they want to do that, because of course they want to sell these things. Mm-hmm. It's because they want people to be hooked into this game forever for the next five mm-hmm. years. Limiting Spider Man to, let's be honest, 70% of the install base probably when it comes to the split between PS4 and Xbox One or PlayStation and Xbox. Mm-hmm. That's bad for the gamer. Whether it's play, whether you're a PlayStation gamer or an Xbox gamer, I'm playing this game on PlayStation. I'm going to get to mm-hmm. play Spider-Man. So it's like, why am I complaining? I'm complaining because there's going to be so many other people that can't and well, I should be able I, to play with them. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's also the fact that you have to question what Spider-Man's role will be in the grander scheme of this ongoing narrative if they have to figure out a way to not integrate him at all for 30% of the players, right? That's interesting. From what we've seen of this Avengers game and their War Table streams, I I don't think that the DLC characters are going to affect the campaign story at all. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. think the story is going to be ongoing as much as it's, here's the story the DLC characters get one-off side missions or like you you get their backstory or whatever, not origin, but Mm -hmm. like, meanwhile, Hawkeye was doing playing the harmonica Mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck he does. I don't know. But uh, I imagine that even with Spider-Man, it'll kind of be a a, a similar thing. It is just weird that, yeah, Spider-Man is so immensely popular Mm -hmm. and this falls back on like exclusive content. We all know why it happens and it's, it's business. And guess what? This game's going to sell better on PlayStation. It mm-hmm. probably already was going to no matter what, but now it's definitely going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, could well, they have just added exclusive Spider-Man outfits? That would have still pissed people off, but at least it's not affecting like the core, a, a percentage yeah, yeah. of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm curious about is in terms of game design, because I'm not entirely familiar with how the game operates, but I do know that, you know, stuff like Overwatch and other games where there's multiple characters you can choose from, there's a balance system and how different players contribute to this overall goal. Um, So with Spider-Man, is it like how much work did they have to do to have Spider-Man be a viable character you can play on PlayStation, but also when he's not in the game, it's still balanced and everything like it. I'm not sure if it if it's even going to matter, but it seems like something that could be a huge problem. Even if it's just amounts to like character classes, like you pick Thor, but that's just because Thor is like a, a tank, you know, like it's kind of a Cragheart type or whatever. Gloomhaven reference, but it's on the mind. But like uh, it's like you know they fit into these character classes. It's yes, they are the character, but it's also these classes. You want those classes to feel like yeah, they fill a need. And if Spider-Man isn't needed on Xbox, what does that mean for the experience of playing him in that game, but then also not having him in another one? It seems uh, like from what we've seen in the characters that there isn't so much classes as much as variations on abilities where every character has a projectile, whether it's, mm -hmm. I imagine Spider-Man shooting a web or Black Widow shooting a bullet or Kamala Khan stretching her arm out. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think that all characters are kind of the same. And then you kind of yeah. go through your little skill trees to like add on their 
mm-hmm. the things to make them a bit more unique or whatever. But even then, like I don't I don't think that Spider Man's gonna break the the I don't think he's gonna be radically different than how the other characters play. Yeah, yeah. but it always makes it oh, stuff like that always makes me wonder about what happens when it's is when it isn't involved, right? Like yeah. There's something about the design game. These games are so huge and so complex that when you take one Jenga piece out of it, it's like it's a completely different tower in a lot of cases. So I'm genuinely curious. I I get what uh, Tim is saying, because like if you I mean, I know there's you know, it's very complex, the whole Smash Brothers meta and everything. But like in terms of character design, like Ganondorf. And or Ganondorf, Ganondorf. Uh, and, <laughs> and Captain Falcon, they basically have the same moveset. It's just Ganondorf is slow and strong. Captain Falcon is fast mm-hmm. and, you know, nimble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see I I could totally see that being a thing where Spider-Man is just like, yeah, a variation of another character that exists mm-hmm. just with different stats and everything and. Different yeah. visual attacks, but the, you know, the it's bigger problem mechanically the same thing. The bigger problem they're going to have going into this is the fact that they're making it a Spider-Man exclusive. It's they're bringing so much attention to Spider-Man, and it is going to be immediately compared to Insomniac Spider-Man on PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, yeah. there's no way in hell it's going to compare to that from any standpoint, whether mm-hmm. it's story, but especially how it feels to swing. And mm-hmm. you you look at uh, the Avengers War Table stream that just happened. And there's there's the beta that's happening uh, this weekend and the next couple weekends. And there's four playable characters. There's uh, Black Widow, um, Iron Man, Kamala Khan, and Hulk. Thor's not there. This is a Tim Gettys conspiracy theory, but I bet he is not there because they don't want you to compare it to how it feels with Kratos' axe. Because they Mm. know that Mm. Thor and Mjolnir does not feel as good. Mm. And it's like... The people are going to compare Spider-Man to Spider-Man. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's not going to be fun for them. I hope that the game Avengers is good enough to be fun mm-hmm. enough to be different where people are like, all right, this isn't a quadruple yeah. A experience. I mean, I, I'm already comparing Hulk to Ultimate Destruction. So the bar is <laughs> set pretty high for me because that game is damn near perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tim, uh, like you said about swinging, you know, do, do all the characters have some sort of mobility? Because swinging, you can go far very quickly. So is it a thing where it's like, all right, there's the next objective we, we need to get to, and Spider-Man gets there, you know, five times as fast as every other character. And well, just but has Iron to Man can fly and Thor can oh, fly. Oh, that's true. Like, that's you know. my thing is I'm just speaking from what I've seen so far in in trailers and the, the breakdown videos. Uh, but we've seen, yeah, Thor throws his hammer and flies with it. Iron Man can fly. Hulk can jump really freaking far Kamala Khan literally kind of like throws her arm out and like pulls the ground mm-hmm. so it's like and then Black Widow's running that, that's on the, the one I, like, I don't, wait I don't up she parkours she parkours <laughs> I haven't seen it's what the she same does speed. to traverse like it's, that, it's the crow but. flies yeah well I, I don't know I, I'm genuinely curious to see what it is and I I just hope that as we go into this new phase of consoles people will understand that there's room for there's room for everyone and everything. I just hope that the companies don't make decisions that leave players behind. Like yep. that definitely don't want that to be the case. Um, speaking of companies leaving people behind, we have one more story. <laughs> and then, of course, the thing you've all been waiting for. And we're going to hear what that is right after word from our sponsor. You know what you're probably not doing right about now when it comes to shopping? going to a store. I know that I've been an online shopper for a really long time, but that didn't prevent me from maybe going to the occasional store to pick up something very specific. Now that is completely out of the equation. And that means that when I'm shopping online, I wanna find the best deal that I possibly can. Every single time I go to check out, I feel like there's a promo code field and I wanna put something in it because I know somewhere out there is a coupon code for 15% off or 10% off or maybe even for this podcast that I didn't know had an available code, but I can't find it, it's hard to find. That's where Honey comes in and saves me some money. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds 
to my cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands or even food delivery, which I know that I'm eating probably too much of. Um, Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites. Um, When you check out, Honey button just drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You just wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site from everywhere. Okay, you don't have to do any digging yourself. If Honey finds a working coupon code, boom, you just watch the prices drop. I know that I have saved money on uh, birthday gifts for my father. I bought him some pants. I actually think I bought myself some pants once I knew that I could find that code. But it basically is just there, always invisible in the background. And when I need it, it comes out and saves me. It's like my knight in shining armor only it's sticky because of honey. But yeah, I've, I'm have i pretty sure I've saved anywhere between 10 and 20% just on coupon codes that pop in at the very last minute. It's a great way to keep a couple bucks in your pocket. But if you don't trust me, I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't trust me, Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings overall. So that's a lot of coupon codes being used in the right way. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com dude. That's D-U-D-E. That's joinhoney.com dude. All right. So companies leaving people behind. We don't, I don't really want to spend too much time on this. We, we're running out of time, in fact, but... Um, a story recently came out in Bloomberg. Uh, I believe Jason Schreer uh, wrote it, but like there's salary disputes happening at Blizzard. Uh, essentially, uh, employees at Blizzard Entertainment began circulating a spreadsheet on Friday to anonymously share salaries and recent pay increases, the latest example of rising tension in the video game industry over wage disparities and executive compensation. This is part of like a bigger discussion where we hear about CEOs getting huge paychecks and the if you go only a few steps down to the people, the devs and stuff are working extremely long hours, being underpaid, um, basically killing themselves to make these games that then, you know, presidents of the company and executives and high, higher ranking of people within the company are making absurd amounts of money off of. Um, and so this is now... It's it's a thing just for context culturally in America. It's a thing to not share your salary. Um, it's like frowned upon. Um, but the common consensus among pro labor groups is that sharing that salary actually allows you to better uh, negotiate with the company because uh, you like to think that everything's fair. But in a lot of cases, again, in America, it's it's not. Um, so this is kind of a, a fight back on this. It also kind of comes on the heel heels of a lot of people complaining about being overworked in the gaming industry and and the toll it's taking on them. And then also, you know, the, I, I was reading this article and they had an interview with an employee who said he's actually making less money now than he was making 10 years ago um, because of the ability to work overtime to compensate for a lack of quality salary and other people who only get got a 50 cent raise uh, in the last several years, which is pretty insane, Um, which probably wouldn't be as bad if it felt like everyone was all in it together. But uh, this same report uh, had the CEO, uh, Bobby Kotick, putting his salary somewhere around or his compensation was around 40 million at the end of 2019. Um, and that that I think that was like a fifteen million dollar salary or something plus another thirty million in bonuses, potential bonuses or whatever. So there's obviously a conversation happening about how that works. I don't I don't have business degrees. I don't really. I I mean I can't speak to how it works. I think it's part of a grander uh, statement on maybe capitalism or where capitalism has gone in kind of globally, which is that it's the people at the top who profit off of the work of the entire business. Um, but it's interesting. 
because, yep. you know, games are very hard to make and they require a lot of people. And while I do agree that CEOs are important to the business, it's hard to imagine that they are that much more important to the business than the person who is actually making the game. Yep. <laughs> you know? I, I, there's such a value in all of the equity conversations going on uh, in so many different areas of our industry and the industry surrounding ours and the world, honestly, in general right now in this ridiculous time that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that at the end of the day, it's we're always going to be able to do better. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I, I really think that there's been a groundswell of um, movement towards try, trying to like look around and finally for the first time be like, oh, this is how it is. How it is isn't okay. Like we should actually mm-hmm. – we should ask more questions. Like, oh, you're right. Yeah, Americans don't talk about salaries. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who came up with that? Who's trying to hold mm-hmm. who down? You know, the employers yeah. and, and, and it's like, but that's the thing is like, then, then mm-hmm. you start like really like having conversations about, okay, cool. How do we fix that? You know? Mm-hmm. And this isn't to say that all employers are evil. You know, this is like this also, I think that there are a lot of employers that are looking at this that are like, oh, wow. Like, Hey, we should do things better. Or, um, mm-hmm. we're proud of how we've been doing things because we're keeping our ears open. And, you know, Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg now is always, you know, keeping his ear to the ground on this type of stuff. And he mm-hmm. is like the number one supporter and proponent of games, industry, conglomerate mm-hmm. people unionizing to to make sure that they're being taken care of correctly, whether it's media, game devs, publishers, you know, all of it. Yeah. But I just think that it there's, there's so much happening at once that it can get kind of hard uh, to not get distracted. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that we're all seemingly in this together for the first time of trying to make it better by first acknowledging there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I mean, I think uh, what you said, James, is definitely true. Like, uh, you know, when the whole uh, crunch thing started coming out with, you know, Rockstar and Epic, and it was like, oh, man, these companies are doing that. And then, you know, the rest of the uh, industry started being like, no, wait. That is an industry-wide issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everyone started talking about it. And, you know, supposedly things have changed. Um, So, yeah, I think probably what we need to do is just more people need to come out and talk about, you know, the different companies that are doing this. And eventually, you know, I mean, I feel like we know that this is a thing that almost all businesses do, even around Mm -hmm. the world. Like, wasn't there the thing with FIFA a few years ago, the football organization they were all all the people at the top were you know just screwing everyone else over and it's, like it's i just mean it's a symptom yeah, of like the world said, yeah it's, just, it's the global it's economy right now yeah yeah um and it's you know i'm not gonna be one of those people that says that you know some people shouldn't be allowed to be successful but <laughs> when you look at the when you when you get on the seesaw and you look at the difference it does it doesn't add up to me it doesn't add up to me how a company could say we are going to cut down your hours or we're going to uh, we're going to cut down your hours. We're not going to give you a, a, a pay increase that even covers your cost of living. We're also going to be located in a part of the world where we know how much it costs to live here and we know we're not paying you enough. That being said, I just bought a new yacht because I have so much money that I don't know what to do with. And, you know, it's merely because I am the, I guess, I don't, I don't even know, like the captain of the ship. Like, I mean, I, I, I always assume that if you want to be a leader in some way, you would want to instill confidence in the people around you. Um, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a bigger issue of the global economy. I'm glad that there's, like Tim said, I'm glad that there's discussion of it happening because I think you sit there silently and you you have a cloud around you and I, I sure we could look into it um, and see that that cloud is manufactured by the same people who are profiting off of said cloud. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a, once you start talking, then you start understanding and then you can start finding the source of the problem. And then you, I think this kind of goes for all things and yep. then you can start hoping, hopefully fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this, it should be fixed because if some person is getting paid less now than they were 10 years ago, and the CEO made $25 million in bonuses. I mean, he didn't do it alone. He, no one 
does it alone. Um, and this isn't a small company. There are some there are some companies where, oh, you get in there, you get your knuckles dirty, you really grind. You know, everyone's just working. We're all working in to do this together. It's the Silicon Valley, the HBO show kind of mentality of like, oh, we're all do we're doing this together. So that way we can be rewarded later. It's like when you're an hourly worker at a place like that, like this, you're not doing you're not grinding yourself to be rewarded later in the same way that those people are. You mm -hmm. are trying to make a living. You're trying to support yourself and your family and the people you care about and not uh, live to work, <laughs> you know, like yeah. um, anyway, that's it's a bigger issue, but I'm glad it's being raised to the surface. There's also some bigger issues that I want to move on to. We're going to have to do it really, really quick because I don't want to go over too long. Um, but uh, there's a segment that is near and dear to my heart, and it's something I'm kind of known for, and it wouldn't be a dude soup if uh, I didn't get to share it with you guys. So let's roll the segment. What could it be? Countdown to Cats, a surprise edition of Countdown to Cats, guys. We did what? it. I thought, thought Mount Up for Morbius. We thought it was going to be Mount Up for Morbius. Mount Up for Morbius is is taking a very, very brief hiatus this week because we have huge, huge Cats news <laughs> that I want to share. <laughs> Countdown to Cats. Countdown, Countdown for Cats is coming back <laughs> just for this one episode. And it's because Andrew Lloyd Webber, has finally spoken up about his thoughts on the film Cats and its reception. Deadline uh, wrote an article. Uh, he had, Oh, sorry. He did an interview in the Sunday Times, and he said, and I quote, the problem with the film was that Tom Hooper, the director, uh, decided that he didn't want anybody involved in it who was involved in the original show. Quote, uh, the really? whole thing was ridiculous. So now we know why we officially can sleep. We can rest because we know why Cats, the film, was not as uh, successful as it probably should have been. And mm -hmm. it's Tom Hooper's fault <laughs> because <laughs> he didn't trust he didn't trust the people who initially put people in Cats costumes, gave them ridiculous names like Rum Tum Tugger and told them to go out and sing songs all about their name. And that's why now we got to the bottom of it. I was concerned. I'm, I'm happy Thoughts? we got there. We got there. I just want to know what this is going to do to James Corden's career. I think he's fine. It, it does appear that every oh, okay. single person who is involved in this, it, with the exception of maybe Tom Hooper, is just utterly fine and has already moved yeah. on with their lives. <laughs> that um, it might be my favorite thing about this movie when you look at the the cast and like those people were involved and they can't change that. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift needs to wake up every day. Dame Judy yeah. Dench needs to wake up and know. They get to wake up every every yeah. day. No. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they get to. The only person is the is the is Victoria the White Cat, the woman who played her, who by the way just looks kind of like a cat. Amazing casting on her part. I'm pretty sure was just like a theatrical dancer and actress, and this was supposed to be her breakout. Everything I saw was like mm. introducing her and. You know, I don't know if you could say anyone was great in that movie. Jennifer Hudson, I guess, was pretty good. But um, it does suck for her because I feel like she got a hard stop in her career despite <laughs> being objectively talented and not Earth stiff. Oh, well. Anyway, that's uh, that's the all I got for Countdown to Cats. <laughs> Just feels so good. It feels so good to be back. You know, I wish we could get a mm -hmm. sequel. I really wish we were getting a sequel because I would love to do Countdown. The music and everything it brings me back. Mm. That's our show. That's Dude Soup for this week. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Lots of heated discussion. Lots of console wars. Shots fired from Tim, though I'm not sure in which direction. <laughs> All directions. <laughs> All directions. <laughs> the Omni shot. Um, no, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Where can Thanks people find me. more of you? Uh, you can find me at Tim Gettys on Twitter or just YouTube.com slash kind of funny. That's awesome. Thank you. We need to have this is your first dude soup. This should doesn't have to be your last. I hope not. Uh, John Smith. I want to thank, thank you. you. This is my first dude soup as well. So That's thank you for having me. 
It's not true. Absolutely not true. Um, I also want to thank our first members, which see the first members for uh, for supporting us. I want to thank everyone who hung out live in the chat. Um, a little bit of very brief housekeeping. This is a new dude soup shirt. Ooh. We got a new Whoa. dude soup shirt. It is uh, based on a uh, logo that was part of a graphics package and was going to be integrated with the whole new dude soup set that we never told you guys about. The blurry out of focus image is also from that graphics package, um, but who knows when you'll ever see it because it was supposed to be in the office, but this is the design. <laughs> we didn't want the design to go to waste because it's really cool. It's fantastic. Um, and, uh, and then also one other thing is uh, we're gonna be moving our Rooster Teeth TV live streaming block um, before we were kind of spread out around the week, but now we're going to be moving to a block on Friday, 3 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and uh, we have a lot of fun stuff planned for that, so we hope you come and join us then. And uh, anything else, guys? Anything else I miss? No. Nope. Eat the rich. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.